Does your team need to master AngularJS? Oasis Digital offers Angular Bootcamp, a three-day in-person workshop class for individuals or teams. Bring us to your site or send developers to ours, angularbootcamp.com. This episode is sponsored by Widgmo 5, a brand new generation of JavaScript controls. A pretty amazing line of HTML5 and JavaScript products for enterprise application development in that Widgmo 5 leverages ECMAScript 5 and each control ships with AngularJS directives. Check out the faster, lighter, and more mobile Widgmo 5. Hey everybody and welcome to episode 24 of the Adventures in Angular podcast. This week on our panel we have John Papa. Hello everybody. Joe Eames. Hey everyone. I'm Charles Maxwood from devchat.tv. Quick reminder to go check out JSRemoteConf, jsremoteconf.com. It's an online in the evening, if you're in the U.S., conference, and should be pretty good. We also have two special guests this week. We have Chris Bannon. Hello. And Bernardo de Castillo. Castillo. Yeah, Castillo is fine. Hey, guys. I thought you were going to call me Bernicio. I was all excited about that, too. Uh, oh, cool sounding. That would be a cool sounding name. <laughs> Bernicio, yeah. And you got to say it with flair, like, Bernicio. Bernicio, <laughs> the awesomeicio. And Bernicio of Wijmo, you must use our component. <laughs> I was thinking more like Don Bernicio. <laughs> I've got a special favor to ask <laughs> Very respectfully. Yeah. You guys want to introduce yourselves really quickly? Yeah, uh, Bernardo. Oh, all right. Uh, my name is Bernardo de Castilla. I'm uh, component one CTO. I've been writing uh, components for a very long time, since ActiveX days, .NET, and now JavaScript, and really excited to be here talking to you guys today. Chris? Uh, okay, yeah, I'm Chris Bannon. I am also at Component One. I started here as the lead web developer and have moved into product development, where I now manage uh, the web products that Component One develops, which includes Widgmo. Awesome. We brought you on today to talk about replacing MS Flash with, oh, I'm sorry, Silverlight. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa, exciting new announcement. Yeah. They finally Microsoft, did it. They Microsoft bought Flash. acquires Flash. All right. <laughs> uh, Silverlight. Oh, it's, it's very, very appropriate scream in the background. Yeah, that was a scream <laughs> of excitement. Woo! That was actually me, by the way. <laughs> Joe, Joe you scream like a little girl. Well. It's, it's, it's how I learned to defend myself in school. <laughs> if it's shrill enough, the principal will come running. That's Who's right. dying? Well, the, the attackers have gripped their ears in pain. So, Oh, there you go. So I guess the idea is you can replace Silverlight with Widgmo and Angular or do a fair approximation of that. The, the idea really is just giving uh, Silverlight developers some kind of path into HTML5 and, and JavaScript. You know, I, uh, we hear a lot of requests for, you know, how do we do things now moving forward uh, that Silverlight has been, you know, kind of left on the shelf by Microsoft. So, um, you know, we've done some development on our end and we just, you know, would like to share our experience. So, Chris, you, you mentioned, you know, using Widgmo and Silverlight and things like that, and kind of giving a path to those developers to what do they do now without Silverlight or Flash. But 
Is that specifically mean Widgmo is only for Angular or does Widgmo work with any JavaScript or can you describe kind of who can use Widgmo and what benefit does it offer them over just plain old JavaScript? Uh, yeah, good question. So, you know, Widgmo is certainly not limited to Silverlight developers coming to HTML5 and JavaScript, uh, nor is it the only solution, you know, for people doing that. Widgmo is a set of JavaScript controls uh, that we've written to, you know, kind of be comparable to what we've developed in .NET. So uh, really comprehensive data grids, charts, uh, things that really take a lot of time to develop yourself and can save developers a lot of time. So uh, we built those into Angular as directives. They also stand alone. So if you want to use them in any other JavaScript environment, you can. And, you know, our end goal is to save time. So uh, if you're using them in Angular, we have full support for two-way binding when it makes sense, one-way binding when it makes sense, and it's going to feel very natural when you're using our components in Angular. But, yeah, like I said, it's it's not a requirement by any means. So I'm still not sure that I totally get what it is and, and why it's particularly applicable to Silverlight developers. Okay, so the main thing that I, I think that we added that was missing from the JavaScript stack was uh, things that already existed in the XAML stack and were missing in JavaScript. The main example in my mind is collection view, for example. So collection view is a really nice way for you to get your data and apply filtering, sorting, grouping, and the concept of currency, uh, current add item, current edit item. All those things, you, you can obviously do those in JavaScript, but if each person does it their own way, there's no standard, and it's more difficult for components to communicate and for the whole framework to work together. And this is something that existed in XAML, and I myself came from WPF and Silverlight, and I missed those things when I was writing my first JavaScript applications. So I thought, you know, we, we need something like this, and that that's the main thing that I think we bring over that really makes the transition easier. That's what makes it different. That we have iCollection view and on the whole concept, the data side infrastructure. Does that make sense? It does. And just kind of to, to set the foundations, if somebody were to you want to use Widgmo and they go to your site, is this MIT, GPL, Apache? What kind of licensing is there? These are commercial controls. Uh, we actually thought about making the the lower level, the collection view, and those uh, support classes open source. I don't think we've moved in that direction yet. Nobody asked us to do it yet. Uh, that's still on the table. The controls are commercial. The infrastructure for now is also commercial. So is there anything that's currently offered by Silverlight that doesn't come either in Angular or Widgmo? Well, Silverlight is a very different beast from HTML5 applications, right. of course. There's a whole lot of stuff that we didn't mean to replicate at all. We were very careful to only write stuff that we thought made sense, that that was not obvious how to do it in, in Angular or JavaScript. And the best example is collection view. There's other things. You know, we have an eventing infrastructure. We have a control base class, uh, control templates, those kinds of things that also come from the XAML world. But I think collection view is the best example. It's the most obvious one. Uh, and I'd also, you know, kind of like take a step back just from Widgmo, just to talk more generally about, you know, you're a Silverlight developer, you've invested all this time, money, resources into Silverlight, and, you know, you need to go mobile or you need to just, you know, move forward with development. What do you do? And naturally, a lot of people are moving to Angular. Uh, so, you know, just helping people see a clearer path. And MVVM is a, is a key 
part in that transition. Uh, you know, Silverlight was kind of built around MVVM. Um, so following that same pattern makes the migration, you know, much smoother. You're able to take things that you were doing in XAML, which would be the view, and recreate those in partial views or views in Angular using HTML instead of XAML. You're able to migrate your view models, you know, working with scope and Angular where you would traditionally be working, you know, with a view model in C Sharp. And then a lot of the times, you know, if it's done right, you can use the same backend services. And perhaps Bernardo could talk a little bit about his experience. He took a Microsoft, you know, out of the box Silverlight data service sample and ported that to an Angular application. And, and, you know, the Widgmo controls were just complementary to it, you know, but really the, the process is what's important in, in helping developers, you know, kind of move into HTML5 and JavaScript coming from Silverlight. Yeah, I think Chris made a good point there. Uh, like I said before, I made the transition myself from XAML to HTML5, and I really started taking HTML5 and JavaScript seriously when I first saw Angular because I really love the ability to use MVVM and that rich markup to separate my concerns and everything. But I thought a few things were still missing. And like I said before, collection view was, was the main, most clear one. But it was really, there's no reason for it not to be there because it's really relatively easy to do in JavaScript. But then also the controls, if you can, you know, use your markups, your markup and you have the same controls with similar object models in Angular that you had in XAML, that really makes your job a whole lot easier. And we did decide to prove our concept by taking an existing app. We decided not to create a new one because that would be a little uh, suspicious. You know, we could create something that was too simple or too complicated. So we took a, an existing Microsoft sample, typical line of business, just a very simple app that, that illustrates, touches up on the, the main points that Silverlight has to offer. And we decided to port that. And it was, it was a lot of fun. It was like, took about two hours to port. The HTML5 application is, uh, it's responsive. It runs on tablets and on phones. And it's about 10% the size of the original app. It's, it was a lot. This was very interesting. A lot of fun to do. I think I misunderstood you. You said it took two hours to port, but what exactly did you port in the two hours? Right. That was, we took the existing Microsoft app. Uh, I don't have the name of it here, but it's something like Silverlight data application, something I, I can give you a link later. And what that does is it hits uh, the Northwind service, loads uh, some customers, and then it shows a UI where you can pick a customer and then you see the orders for that customer and the dates and the amounts and you can edit some of that stuff. And it actually shows the requests going in and coming out. So that's the application that we ported. It's a, it's a simple app, but it does the main things that Silverlight's supposed to do. It shows binding, uh, shows loading your data, shows uh, using controls, the whole MVVM thing. And that's what took two hours to port. We took basically took the XAML code, rewrote that using HTML and the Angular directives that we have. Uh, we used, you know, loaded all data into a collection view and just bound that to the controls. It's it's a very simple app. It's just a proof of concept. But it was it was fun to do. Is this the app that you have up on one of the videos on your website? I'm looking uh, at the sh- introducing Widgmo videos here. Uh, it could be. Let me take a look. Uh, this uh, that Bernardo wrote a whole white paper about this subject. I know that's up on the the blog somewhere. I'm not sure about it being in a video or not. It's it's okay. certainly in our list of samples. We have a bunch of samples there. It's one of those. It's probably yeah, near the maybe bottom. we can get a link to it later and include it for the uh, podcast notes. 
Sure. Yeah, it's called migrating from Silverlight. Ah, if yeah, you, I saw if it. Right here. Original yeah, product. Yeah, if you if you click the Run Angular JS demo, you'll see it. It's it's a very very simple app. But gotcha. Um, okay. The, so now the I see HTML5 version. Hours, yeah. It actually looks a lot better than the original one. You know, it uses Bootstrap too. It's nicer UI. And it works in all browsers and takes no plugins, right? Correct. Cool. So, yeah. obviously, you guys went down this road for a reason. And I'm assuming that reason is that there was a market, since the commercial product was a market for Silverlight, and therefore those people had to do something. How's business overall? I mean, are people moving in this direction? Um, is the uptake kind of going as you thought? Or have there been a lot of questions along the way about things that maybe people have wanted that you guys didn't think about? Or uh, I'm curious how that's been moving. Chris? Sure. So, yeah, b- business is going well. You know, we've been in the JavaScript market now for let's see, five years. We just had an anniversary. So just some background. We first started building JavaScript components as jQuery UI widgets. Uh, we kind of decided that we needed a new front-end uh, library to complement our uh, ASP.NET controls. So we chose jQuery UI as the framework. We built a bunch of widgets. Uh, and we kind of took a step back and said, hey, these are, they're good on their own. Why don't we release this as a product? Uh, we did that. Um, we had success with that. And we ended up wrapping those widgets in Angular directives. And it was kind of an afterthought, you know, because Angular came along after we had developed those. So it was, to be honest, a little awkward. You know, you're, you're taking something that exists and kind of shoehorning it into another framework. So that it was a much more successful product, I would so say. So what are the common struggles or what what are the common struggles that people have making the switch? I think is probably what John's after. The common struggles of, you know, people going from a silverlight environment to uh, HTML5 are probably that they are missing a framework that kind of gives them a very clear path of how to develop and where to develop and and what to do, how to organize things. I, I would definitely say that's the biggest one, and then the other is probably uh, working with data, uh, and that's uh, what Bernardo called out earlier with collection view uh, being a really critical piece to have in JavaScript that you would normally have in .NET. So looking at some of the examples on Widgmo 5 on the page, uh, one of them is actually an Ionic something or other expense tracker. So these actually work in the Ionic framework for building hybrid applications? Yes. Uh, the controls we built uh, are, they're standalone. They have zero dependencies. And, you know, that's why I kind of brought up our history is, you know, we first created things built on top of other frameworks like jQuery UI. And this new product we have is just completely standalone and independent. No dependencies even on jQuery. So it's very lean. And it is, you know, targeting modern browsers where other products, you know, targeted very old browsers. So when we did this, we also kept in mind we wanted to be friendly to other frameworks. So you could just plug into things like Ionic. We could plug into things like Angular. Uh, and it just so happened that our Angular directives, you know, work flawlessly in Ionic. So uh, that, that was just like kind of an added benefit to having all the Angular directives built in. We love Ionic, by the way. I mean, it's just a stellar framework for making uh, mobile hybrid applications. And we even liked making web applications, even though they, it's not officially supported. But 
it's uh, really nice for making mobile web stuff as well. Well, it seems to me that it makes sense to, I mean, you can essentially build in your, your data model, however you're going to manage that, you know, using the, the HTTP service in AngularJS, and then the rest of it you just, you know, your visualization for the the widget, you know, whatever it is, a chart, table, whatever, you know, looks real nice. You can use that on your website, and you can use it on your mobile app um, if you're building a hybrid app with Ionic, and you don't really have to change a whole lot. Yes. Yeah, and I mean, that, that brings up another point, which is directives. Directives in Angular, even though they're probably one of the most awkward APIs I've ever worked with, uh, the end result is really powerful. Um, what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, Bernardo can talk more about this, but, I mean, from my perspective, those are something that a, you know, any company can really benefit from starting either their own directives or at least using other directives provided. Um, you know, uh, we work with some really large customers here, and almost every one of them wants to build up their own internal official framework of UI components that they can use. And directives are an outstanding way of having a small team or a separate team make those and hand them out to all the developers uh, that they can use. So they can be business components, you know, like if it's a financial company, they can make, you know, a stock chart that has a very limited API and it meets a very specific UI criteria and they can just expose what their developers internally need. Uh, that's a very powerful concept. You know, it's it's now coming in HTML5 with web components and custom elements, but it's something here now in Angular. And I, I feel that that's a huge opportunity for companies to invest in. Yeah, it's definitely nice to have that go-to set of tools that you just, you know, pull in. I need a pie chart, and we just know how to do it because we're used to doing it that way. So what's the best way for somebody to get started with doing Angular and Widgmo? Um, well, the best way would just be to probably visit the site. And under the demos section, we have these 101 samples. So, for example, FlexGrid uh, 101, which is just like a getting started tutorial that walks you through the most basic scenarios and then starts adding to it. Like, you know, you want to data bind a grid on display information. Uh, then maybe you want to add uh, filtering capabilities to it, editing capabilities. Those, to me, have been really helpful. I've seen tons of customers really get a grasp quickly on, you know, how things are structured, how to get started, uh, and how to start modifying things to their liking. So what do you see as kind of the future of this suite of tools, you know, AngularJS plus Widgmo? Are there things you're looking at adding in the future? Are there directives maybe that you might add in that, you know, do different things that you don't currently have? Or is that more along the roadmap of just uh, Widgmo itself? And then, you know, obviously we're going to add directives for this. Bernardo, would you like to talk about the roadmap, how you see it? Oh, sure. Yeah. We plan to do both things. One, one thing is Widgmo is still relatively new. We, we released version 5 in October. So we have, I don't know how many controls we have in there, but we know that we need to add a few more. So whenever we add a new control or new capabilities, there's new directives that come out with that. And uh, we ship, like Chris said, we ship directives for AngularJS. We, we have them for Knockout as well. We probably add some for Polymer or something. Uh, but those those go hand in hand with the controls. And even though a lot of companies want to develop their own custom directives, most of them want to be able to hit 
the ground running and, and start out with something that comes in the box and just extend that. So we're going to keep adding directives to match the controls in the box. But the other thing that we want to do, and I've been doing lately, is creating directives that are not really part of Widgmo. They're just samples that show how to add things like uh, filtering, for example, to a grid. So this little custom directive is, is really, really simple. It uses the grid's object model to extend it, and that's something that's specific to Angular. So those directives are not, you know, going to be part of the other platforms. They're just going to be Angular. And like Chris said, directives are kind of hard to use at first or to write. They're easy to use. They're kind of hard to author at first. But uh, that's changing. It's it's becoming easier, or so so I understand. The new versions of Angular are making that easier and more powerful. So I'm looking at your your directives now. It's actually a JS Fidelite browser and your site on how to use some of the Angular directives with Widgmo. And yep. it looks like, and obviously in this example here, it's just pulling down all of Widgmo, uh, a grid, a chart, and then Angular. And I'll put a link there up into our Skype board uh, for the users. But when I look at this, I'm wondering, hmm, what if I just wanted to use just the chart or just like two or three of the directives? Is there a way to just pull down the CSS and JS just for those particular ones so I don't have to take the weight of the entire JavaScript um, for my transport? That's a great question. We have a core that's the widgmo.js file, and that contains uh, our control base class and the uh, eventing, and it contains the iCollection view, and that is required. Every control uses that. That's the only, well, that and the CSS are the only two that are required. Then if you want to use the grid, that's a module, it's the widgmo.grid.js. The chart is in its own module. The input controls are their own module. So yeah, we have granularity that way. You can pull in only the stuff that you want. The directives, they're one module. They're all bundled together. You can't just bring in the directives for the grid because they're also based on a base class. Uh, it's all table-driven, so the, the directives for the grid, they're, they're actually very, very small. It's just basically a list of the properties that you have and the methods and events, their names and their types. And then there's a base class that does everything for every control. So I don't know if I if that was clear. Yeah, yeah. So the, there's, a, there's a, a common core that's required, and then the controls are as-needed basis. Just load what you want, what you need. Right, so if I heard you right, the way I would do this is I'd, I'd always get the Widgmo common core, uh, the JavaScript and CSS, and then on top of that, that's basically to make Widgmo work. And then you grab an individual JS file just for, like, let's say, a chart. Right. Um, that makes the chart work. And then I would want the third file with the Angular directives list, which is it looks like a very right. small file. Right, and that, yes. Okay, and if I didn't do Angular, I would just leave off that Angular directives file, correct? Correct. If you did okay. knockout JS, for example, you pull in put in that, the knockout JS file instead of Angular. Gotcha. You're so using there, no framework, nothing. Yeah. So there's multiple files, but they're multiple because you can make them modular and pick and choose kind exactly. of how you want to make them. Gotcha. Precisely. Yeah. And we expect most people to put that in their build process if they want to. They can just merge, grab the files they want, merge them, and, and deploy them as a unit. All right. Well, we're about at the end of the time. Are there any other questions we should ask before we jump into the picks? Uh, yeah, I think one last question I have is, and this is maybe an unfair question because of Wizard's <laughs> work, but I'd, I'd like to ask, so how do you guys see yourselves up against uh, other choices that people can make? I don't want to say competition because some of them aren't at the same level in some ways, and I'll let you guys kind of discern how, but there's uh, there's Kendo out there, there's DevExpress, uh, who are also selling products and have open source, and then there's the freeware that's out there, things like the Bootstrap and the Ionics and some others that are going on. Where do you see your guys fitting in this particular landscape? Well, 
One of the things that makes our components unique, in my opinion, or our suite of controls unique, is that we, we have very, very mature controls. Even though they were released in October, our grid, for example, is the flex grid. And we've had the flex grid control has existed in so many different incarnations with pretty much the same object model and a very faithful legion of users. So we had ActiveX, then WinForms, we had the Silverlight and WPF, and now we have the JavaScript control. And it's a very, very powerful control, and it's the same object model. So in that sense, uh, we expect a lot of people to come from the JavaScript world and, and get into Widgmo. We also expect to get a whole bunch of users from WinForms and Silverlight into Widgmo as well. And for that crowd, there's really not much competition because we have the only grid that is the flex grid. But the same thing applies to the chart as well. And, and uh, most of the input controls, they come from the XAML world. And they're a well-rounded suite of controls. They, they're very powerful. One of the, our samples on the site is uh, it's, it's a benchmark sample. We are aware that there are other companies that do very cool controls. Some have their strengths and we all have strengths and weaknesses. So I, I don't think there's a the best control for everybody. I encourage everybody to go and test them out and see what works best for them. I think we're very strong in a lot of areas, and I hope that uh, a lot of people will choose our controls. Awesome. Yeah, I would definitely reiterate to check out the benchmark. It's pretty cool. I mean, it, it does exactly that. It You can load in, you know, a million records, 500,000, 10,000, and you can compare our grid, even with our previous jQuery UI grid that we had, and you can compare it to NG Grid, I uh, believe the Kendo Grid, some, and there's a couple others in there, just so you can see how the features work and performance works, and you know, decide for yourself. Yeah, it's, and like uh, Chris said, it's it's not all about performance, even though I, I'm very happy about our performance. But it's also features. You know, how do you expect the grid to work? How do you expect a selection to work when you drag your mouse, you know, to select a range of cells? Uh, not all grids do the same thing. Some do very interesting things. Some do boring things. Boring is pretty good sometimes. You know? <laughs> if it works like Excel, it's pretty boring, but that's what you want in most cases. That's what I would want. Yeah, I've um, often found that if you know, if you just basically need a, a basic grid, sometimes all the other features can get in your way too. So uh, I guess true. I agree with you. Sometimes a basic boring grid is what you want, and other times you want something with a, a lot of pizzazz. All righty, let's get to some picks. Joe, do you have a pick and a tip for us? Let's see. I have a pick, and I do have a tip. My pick today is going to be the Skybell. I just found out about this last week, and I thought it was so awesome I ordered one. The Skybell is a replacement for your button on your doorbell. And it's a little <laughs> module about the size of kind of like the nest. You know, it's like three inches in diameter. Circle. And you plug it in, and it obviously has a little button to ring your doorbell. But it also has a camera and a motion detector. And there's an app that goes with it, and it hooks up to your Wi-Fi. And so if it detects motion, it can t- snap photos and send you the photos on through the app and notify you that somebody's at your front door. And if somebody pushes the button, then you can get notifications. And I think it even does live video. And it has a microphone on it, too. So if you want to talk to the person without coming to the door, you can talk to them through the app. Cool. Cool. And yeah. your tip? Dude, I'm, I'm, I am going to buy one like right now. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I got I ring know. and runs in my neighborhood. <laughs> oh, really? Oh, there you go. So I thought that was way cool. A friend of mine has it. He's actually having a problem with the app. So I don't know what's going to happen after as I get it. As long as somebody I, doesn't like steal it off the front of your house. 
Right. <laughs> but you'll still get their picture as long as it snaps a photo of that motion. <laughs> but, you know, like in the holiday times when they make deliveries and people come and steal the boxes and stuff, the motion detector will snap pictures of them. Dude, that's awesome. <laughs> yeah. So that's my pick. And then my tip is going to be to learn the new NG messages in Angular 1.3. That's my tip. And that's it. John, Papa, do you want to go next? Why, thank you, Mr. Joe. My pick is The Hobbit, the new movie, The Battle of the Five Armies. I took my two older girls to see it, who are huge Lord of the Rings fans, much to my delight, and they both loved it. And even with all the uh, the fighting and the action, I mean, it's basically a big battle scene for two and a half hours, but uh, they loved what they did with it. They both read the books, and I think they did a very good job keeping true enough to the books, but also adding a little bit of flair to, to help kids and adults alike kind of get into it. Uh, so pretty wicked cool. And then my tip is going to be in the same vein as Joe. Uh, I've been playing a lot with a new module in Angular 1.3 called NG Aria. And don't get too excited because my tip on this is that use it because it's awesome and adds all the Aria tags for you. But also be aware because it doesn't solve all of accessibility. Accessibility isn't just Aria tags. There's a lot more to it. So definitely check out NG Aria though. It will save you a lot of time from adding all those Aria dash tags. Sweet. Chris, do you want to go next? Sure. So my pick would probably be Minecraft. My seven-year-old daughter and I play it together all the time. It's something great where you can sit down and still do some gaming, and it's kid-friendly, and you're building and creating things. So uh, I've been enjoying that a lot uh, with the kids. So that's my pick. My tip would be to write your first directive. So take the time and write a directive, and even if it's a simple one, just so you could see how reusable components work and uh, see if they can save you time in the future. That's awesome, Chris. It's actually a good place for me to interject in and do a little uh, self-promotion. My course on Angular directives has just been sent into Pluralsight to be published, should be published within like a week of this podcast coming out. And it's three and a half hours on how to build directives. Sweet. Yeah. Uh, Bernardo, want to go last? Sure. I just have one, something that I was, I was just browsing the other day, and I found this uh, natureofcode.com slash book. I don't know if you guys have seen this. I love physics. I love uh, JavaScript. I, thought, I think it's, it's uh, definitely worth a read. It's very, very interesting. Natureofcode.com. Cool. I'm yeah. going to check that out. Awesome. Well, Chuck had to step off, so that'll be it. Thanks, everybody, for listening, and uh, thanks, you guys, for showing up. We really appreciate having you on the show. It was a great episode. Oh, thanks thanks a lot, guys. This episode is sponsored by Mad Glory. You've been building software for a long time, and sometimes it gets a little overwhelming. Work piles up, hiring sucks, and it's hard to get projects out the door. Check out Mad Glory. They're a small shop with experience shipping big products. They're smart, dedicated, will augment your team, and work as hard as you do. Find them online at madglory.com or on Twitter at madglory. Hosting and bandwidth provided by the Blue Box Group. Check them out at bluebox.net. Bandwidth for this segment is provided by Cashfly, the world's fastest CDN. Deliver your content fast with Cashfly. Visit cachefly.com to learn more. Do you want to have conversations with the Adventures in Angular crew and their guests? Do you want to support the show? Now you can. Go to adventuresinangular.com slash forum and sign up today.